Hello, and welcome to another Metamedia production of JW On Purpose with your host, JW Nigerian, as he interviews and discusses business, finance, self-development, and lifestyle. Hello, everybody. This is JW Nigerian, and I'm here today with uh, John Hall. How are you doing, John? Good. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for coming on. You know, this is, uh, it's great to have you here. Um, I heard about your book, and the title was totally compelling, so I had to have you on. So I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. But uh, let, me, let me read the title of your book. This is, uh, this, is, this is what got me going. Am I Still Autistic? How a Low-Functioning, Slightly Retarded Toddler Became CEO of a Multi-Million-Dollar National Corporation. And that's you, correct? It is, and thank you so much for having me today. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Okay, so you just wrote this book. Mm-hmm. Now, here's, here's the rub. Um, you were diagnosed autistic, slightly mentally retarded, and uh, now you have a family, and you have a son that has now been also diagnosed. That's autistic, right. Correct? That's right. So... I really would like to take you know take some time to kind of go over the book and talk to you about um, your life and, and and your son and and how that's affected you and, and and what's going on and all those kind of things. So um, first, let's find out about you. Um, you were about uh, two years of age when you were diagnosed. Well, um, you know, I, I was diagnosed as as severely autistic and and slightly um, mentally retarded at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was diagnosed by several um, professionals at the time, including Dr. Lovas, who really is the uh, or was the pioneer of modern autism treatment. Um, and of course, at the time in the in the mid 70s, um, everyone who was was different or or had issues was um, was seen as as slightly retarded or, or retarded. Um, right. I was given some very aggressive uh, treatment, and that treatment really lasted um, aggressively throughout my young childhood and, and, and really into, um, uh, into high school, and um, I came out of it. But I was, when, I, when I started, um, I was not making eye contact with anyone. I was not responding to my name, um, and I would spend hours at a time, three, four hours, uh, turning on and off the light switch or flushing the toilet or playing with pots and pans. And do you remember those days? How do you remember that? I remember, um, I don't know if I remember when I was diagnosed, but I do, I certainly remember when I was, you know, two and a half and, 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 and three, uh, three years old, and I didn't start talking until after three. Um, I remember that I really, you know, I, I thought I was normal. Um, as much as, you know, when you're three, you can think you're normal, but uh, nothing seemed off to me. Um, I you really... You frustrated that you felt you were different and you, you, you had no control. Yeah, and I and I didn't I, I didn't feel that way. I, I felt you know I I was enjoying at the time. Um, I you know I was I was enjoying life and and I was in my own world, and I didn't think anything wrong with it. And, and I had these people who were trying to pull me out of it, and that was what was really frustrating. Okay, well that's a, that's a that's a good place to go. I mean, when you're in your bliss, turning on and off the light switch, uh, and then then your parents or whoever are are saying, hey. This is, this is wrong. You can't be doing this, or whatever they're saying to you. Right. This, this was a, 
this was a source of uh, great uh, problem for you? It was, and I mean, I, again, I remember the tail end of it um, when I was about three, and I would do things like that, and, and um, you know, I would have these folks pulling me away, and it was very rough at the beginning, you know, because I was doing, I was feeling just fine and doing my thing, and, um, you know, I had these folks that were diverting me or, or telling me I couldn't do things, and, and you know, now, obviously, I understand um, where they were coming from, but when I was three, I was just, uh, or four, I was just relaxing and having fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're totally messing with your fun and your, your bliss. That's not cool. Um, right. What about your parents? Were they, um, would First of all, you were born in 1975, so you're in your late 40s now. But when did autism really kind of get discovered? Because we didn't start hearing about it till later than 75, uh, at least not me. You know, we, we, we learned about it from Oprah and those kind of shows, and I'm thinking we learned about it in the more of the late 80s, early 90s. Well, it, it certainly became a lot more well known than um, prior to, and I was I was lucky because when 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 I was after I was born and I was diagnosed, they were just starting to understand it a little. And folks like Dr. Lovas um, had pioneered treatments and and really explained um, that you know autism um, wasn't a life sentence and that um, that autism was a was a mental condition that uh, that could respond to treatment because before that uh, in the 50s and 60s, um, mothers were typically blamed. They were refrigerator um, refrigerator mothers that were cold, and and it was the mother's fault. And in a lot of cases, uh, the mothers, and and in many cases, uh, the kids were just institutionalized. Yeah, well, you know, for some of the severely autistic kids, some of the um, I don't know if it was his teachings or his treatments, but there were treatments that came out with autism that were making some breakthroughs. And they were highly um, scrutinized, and a lot of these uh, autism uh, teachers and practitioners were were pretty much shunned as uh, a bunch of charlatans ripping off, uh, you know, parents who needed hope for their kids. Right, right. And there's a lot of stuff. Go, I'm sorry. sorry no, go please go ahead. I was going to say, is that the was he pioneering those the treatments that were ridiculed at, at some time? Um, I think that um, you know anything that's new is is highly scrutinized, and I think that um, you know he he really shed a lot of light um, on autism and and how you potentially could uh, could deal with it. And, and frankly, his treatment and his his findings are the basis of of how um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the accepted early intervention types of things that are done to help um, help kids that are are autistic. But you know at the time it was uh, it was certainly revolutionary because there was a tendency just to blame the uh, the parents and specifically mothers um, for for uh, having kids that are like that mm-hmm. recently some of the stars have come out on autism talking about uh, the uh, their thoughts that early vaccinations are, ca- are a big cause of what they you know, uh, or could be a big cause of autism or some right. types of. Uh, do you agree with that, or do you have anything to say about that? Well, you know, I'm not I'm not uh, an expert in that area. I obviously had all my vaccinations, and and my kids have as well. Um, uh, you know, I think there's there's a there's an emotional debate on that. Um, I think that uh, the reality is is that. Um, 
what, no matter what the cause, one in a hundred and, and ten kids have this condition. And dealing with it and treating it um, is, is really key. And if there are supplemental causes uh, to it, we should we should obviously find those and, and figure those out. But um, I'm really focused on on giving people hope and and helping people understand this so they can um, they can help their kids and and see that that it's not it doesn't have to be a life sentence. Right. No, that, absolutely. Uh, tell me something. Uh, okay, you were diagnosed with autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went through many treatments and, <clears throat> and uh, years of issues and problems all through school, high school and, and, uh, and the like. Right. Um, your personal journey with autism, uh, it's an amazing su- success story for you. Um, has your own experience made it easier or harder to deal with your sons? Well, that that's a real interesting thing because it no, it didn't make it any easier. Um I you know, until the last several years, I really um put that part of me beside um, you know, to, to, I, I basically locked it away and I didn't really talk about it. I was embarrassed about it. I knew that I had accomplished a lot um and that it was special, but I didn't want people to know that about me. So I was very selective on talking about it and, and really keeping it to myself and um, when my son was diagnosed um, I just you know I was devastated um, just like any other parent might be I just thought um, my, my whole world uh, and dreams and goals for him just just crashed in in a matter of minutes um, and I reacted just as any other parent would and and as a father like many other fathers um, you know I I you know it was it was difficult for me and I was really in uh, denial about it and you know just thinking that everything would be fine I knew that we had to get him a lot of help and we did immediately um, but it was very very uh, difficult and I, I in many ways I I, I um, you know, I had to, to to kind of step back from him in, in many ways uh, because it was very it was very hard. But luckily, um, you know, I you know have gotten through that, and I realize there is hope. But but that just goes to show you that even me, who has had um, some very extraordinary success with my own situation, you would think that I would I would look at that and say, wow, you know, if I could do that, my son can do that, but it wasn't like that so and that's really why i wrote this book because i know that there are a lot of parents and and dads who you know who don't know anything about autism that that find out that their their kids are autistic and it just is the end of the world for them and it it doesn't have to be well you know this is interesting because reading your book um first of all let me just say uh it's a great read um, I, I, I know this is your first book, but I think you're a really good writer. Thank you. Um, you know how to set up a scene. You know how to set up a story. And uh, I enjoyed the read very much. And uh, so kudos to you for writing the book. Um, but one of the things I liked about it was you had your mother's, you call it log, I, a journal. I call it journal. I think you called it log. Right. And... Um, she wrote about her issues with with life and you know and what was going on but uh, and so you were in that book a lot mm-hmm. and I could tell from not you know from her writing that some of it really when you wrote it when you read it later it really disturbed you yeah it it, it was hard 
um, now, you know, my mother, um, um, you know, she was um, absolutely committed 300% uh, to getting me out of, of whatever I was in. And um, my mother took quite a, an aggressive approach. I mean, it was a jarring approach to, to get me out of what I was, what I was in. And, and, you know, it, it, it worked. Um, it, it ultimately worked. But, um, you know, it, 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 was definitely, it was definitely difficult for her and it was difficult for me. And, and um, you know, my mother passed away um, a, a few years back. And, and I've really been able to kind of reconnect with, with um, how that was for me, and and understand through reading her logs, but also just just thinking it through, um, how difficult it was for her. Um, you know, if you re- when you read the book, um, I, I share some of her logs, and she wrote basically uh, over a thousand pages of, of logs when I was when I was growing up about her experience and what I was doing, and you can tell the as as much as she was determined uh, to make sure that that I got through this, you could tell how it absolutely uh, was was killing her and how uh, it was so difficult and so frustrating and and so scary for her um, going through this, and I think that that's. Um, you know, those are very similar feelings of, of parents that, that, that are dealing with autism. Um, I've met a lot of them, and it's a very, very difficult thing, no matter how much you love your child. And you had a tough time with your mom growing up, did you not? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we definitely, uh, um, we, you know, we, we were generally close and, and we loved each other, but, um, you know, my mother was very aggressive in terms of dealing with this, and, um, you know, that that really in many ways caused me to um to resent her and uh uh to to have to to kind of be strong back to her and uh um so yeah it was it was difficult but you know god bless her uh because you know she really got me out of uh whatever was going on with me um there was collateral damage but she got me out of it and she was coming right. from the best place so um when you, you, after all this, you've got to be. When you sit down with your own child and his treatment and everything, always relate back to those, to your mom's logs and your experiences on how you deal with every situation with your son. Is that true? Or? Yeah, um, you know, and, and my my uh, wife and I have made the decision. Uh, we made it way back uh, when when he was diagnosed. Um, you know, to aggressively deal with this through treatment and getting him all the help and support he he needs, but um, not being um, you know absolutely aggressive with him and and really um, pushing him um, you know to to uh, too far of an extent. So um, we're absolutely serious about it, but we know that there is a uh, you know a line, and we're not and we're not crossing that line. And it's difficult as a parent because you know I've often wanted to revert back to that you know he's not he's not progressing fast enough i need to do more i need to you know i need to stay on him and and stuff like that and you you know because of my own experience and this i've really been able to sometimes at those times be able to step back and say hey we're doing everything we can we need to we need to love him we need to support him um but if we're jarring about it um or too aggressive about it um it's going to have negative impacts yeah, you know, it's when you think about it, you know, in, in a weird way, you're very blessed to um, to not only have such an amazing recovery, yeah. but to, to be able to 
through your mother's logs and her eyes and through your own eyes um, be able to deal. Obviously, it's not a blessing to have a son with autism, but you're, I'm saying you're blessed in a way of the fact that you, can, you do have this insight. And I really think that the book could help parents who ha- are struggling and parents who are new to the whole, um, you know, the, the whole idea of having a child with autism, uh, maybe just been diagnosed uh, not that long ago, to give hope not only that their, their child, there might be, you know, light at the end of that tunnel, or there is light at the end of that tunnel, but maybe in understanding how to deal with um, the things that might be coming up. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's important. Uh, it's important as a parent to to understand that and and deal with that for yourself because um, you know you may not. I mean, I've always unconditionally loved my son, but you know, I did distance myself not because I wanted to, but I but and and really didn't realize I was doing it. But I did distance myself, and and I really needed to deal with my feelings on 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 the issue too. To not, and you know, I've been a much happier person uh, since I have, and I've been there. Uh, I've been there for him in much more concrete ways, um, and so it's absolutely, it's absolutely vital. And you know, there are all different types of, of uh, cases on the spectrum, and and some um, some kids have more promising. Uh, um, prognosis than 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 others, but early intervention and dealing with it early, not being in denial about it, is absolutely key to to really maximize what the outcomes can be. And you know, I've met some kids uh, now who are in their early twenties who have been through uh, a lot of the modern treatments, and um, it's amazing um, the productive life they live. In some cases, you can tell uh, they they might be autistic, but they're living productive lives. They're going to college and they're doing all kinds of things and and the other thing that is important to to understand is that you know I was diagnosed as as quote unquote slightly mentally retarded at the time and I wasn't but that was because I couldn't communicate like a like a, a an average person could and and even be, these kids autism really impacts communication but these kids understand what's going on um, they just can't communicate it. They just can't necessarily relate and connect to folks the way most people can. But they understand everything that's going on. Autism does not equate to um, to, to being stupid or anything like that. These kids are smart in, in most cases. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, autism almost sounds like a, 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 an overly vague, um, <laughs> you know, uh, diagnosis because uh, whether it be um, – uh, you know, you get, there's a lot of media out there now on autism. I don't, yeah. and we'll talk about whether that's good or bad. But uh, recently, the show Parenthood, they they have one of the tri- kids on there plays an autistic child. Um, you know, seeing a lot of stars out lately that have you know, come up, you know, come into the media and, and have dealt with the fact that their kids have autism. And um, then a movie, um, can't think of the name of the woman, Grandel or something. Yeah, Temple, right. Temple Grand. Temple, yeah. yeah, Temple Grand. Thing. Yeah. Um, you know, showing so many different uh, flavors of autism and, and different things. Do you think that the media, it's, it's, it's probably on one hand good that the media is getting it out there more, but do you think the media kind of um, focuses on the negative, not the positive? Well, you know, I think the media um, has a tendency um, to, um, you know, to, to, 
really focus on certain things and sometimes focus on the negative uh, more so than the positive but um, because that seems to attract uh, that seems to attract folks in our society but um, I think that um, I think that the media attention is good I think that um, this is a huge um, ec- epidemic um, I think it impacts a lot of people I think that in many cases it can be so mild that it's not necessarily even diagnosed in 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 certain kids and um i think that um the media attention if it's if it's helping parents identify uh certain symptoms early on so there can be early intervention um is 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 a very good thing i think that um it's a very emotional issue and i think you know there there are certain folks that focus on diets and vac- vaccinations and so forth and no matter what you think about that just the attention um, is key. I mean, we we really don't know a lot about autism. We know generally what it, you know, what the symptoms might be, and and you know some approaches behaviorally to deal with it. Um, but we don't know anything about it. We don't, you know, just now they're starting to um, kind of figure out differences in the brain so they can diagnose it. But but there's no test for it, um, no medical test at least, and there's no um, there's no real medical treatment for it. Um, one of the things, though, that's just come out um, uh, was California Governor Brown signed a bill that requires health insurers to cover treatments for autism. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts on that? Um, well, I, th- I, I think uh, it, it's a miracle. Um, and the treatment that uh, specifically has to be covered is um, um, uh, something called ABA therapy, um, applied behavioral analysis, which is what uh, Dr. Lovas really created and with what they used with me very successfully in the 70s and that was just you know really at its at its infancy and that treatment um, while it while it is not the perfect treatment and, and it may create some other issues is extremely effective and and getting that treatment for kids especially when they're 18 months and two really improves things a lot and so you know but getting that treatment can be very difficult there are state programs for stu- for kids that are under three um, but um, you know it's very expensive and um, having and this is a medical condition and so you know having an insurance company pay for it just like they would pay for uh, you know a broken leg um, is 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 key and I'm, I'm very happy the governor did that that's great uh, that, we I touched on it a little while ago but you know how people said there were charlatans out there trying to make money off of mm-hmm. um, the parents of autistic children one of the things that I saw out there was a, a was a board that was used kind of like um, you know symbols and things so that the autistic child could communicate mm-hmm is that part of the treatment we're talking about with ABA, or is that something else? Uh, it, it could be. You know what I'm talking uh, about, by the way? Yeah, I mean, it's basically kind of a peck system where, um, you know, a, a, a child can point to a certain object or thing to communicate what they're saying. And, and there's actually an iPad application out there right now. It was just on 60 Minutes uh, on uh, on Sunday that um, allows kids to communicate effectively. because And, and that really goes to the point that I talk about in the book and that I was mentioning earlier, that these kids, um, they know what's going on inside. They know they have feelings. They they understand a lot more than, than you might think. They just can't communicate it in a way that you or I might be able to. So having a system like that or an iPad application that the and they're 
kids are amazing with these iPads, um, where they can they can use that as a as a, a medium uh, to communicate is is absolutely key. And it, and it yeah, it's it's a very effective thing. But yes, you know, the parents are desperate, um, and and I understand that. Um, I understand that firsthand. Parents are are absolutely desperate. They want to do something more uh, for their children, and there are uh, a lot of things out there that that are questionable. I mean, there you know, there's stem cell therapies you can get in 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 uh, Central America and all kinds of other things. And the reality is is that um, there's a lot of these things. There's no scientific evidence that that they're effective, and and a lot of folks um, pray. On, on the desperation of parents. Mm-hmm. Um, John, uh, what do you most want to impart to parents of autistic children? That that this is not a life sentence. That there is hope, um, and that you know your your child is is a person, and um, you know may have varying degrees of of. Uh, you know, of, of getting through this, but there is, there is a person in there that needs your help, that needs your support, and it doesn't have to be a life sentence. I mean, look at look at people like Temple Grandin um, and and what she's accomplished, or many other folks. I mean, Bill Gates allegedly has a form of autism. Um, you know, so there are a lot of folks out there that have dealt with this, that um, have been able to become successful in their own right, and your kids need your hope, they need your autism, and they need you to be advocates for them. Um, no one else can be an advocate for your child uh, except for you, and that's, that relates to the school system, your insurance company, uh, anyone else to get your, you get your child the services and the help they need. But don't give up. Absolutely. So let's talk about you. One of the sure. things about the book, it's put, kind of put out, um, it's broken down into the years that you went to your school years because mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see your development through these different years and you know uh, how your how your parents or peers or teachers dealt with you and how you dealt with you and your issues um, so I like that I like that breakdown um, well, thank you so but and I was when I was going through them and um, uh, I was trying to figure out exactly where the turn happened for you? Well, I think there were a few. Um, I think the first one was, um, you know, was probably when I was about four, and I really started coming out of whatever I was in. I was talking in complete sentences and wanting to relate to people and wanting to connect to people a little more than than I had been, at least. Um, And the next one was when I was mainstreamed uh, in the first grade. Um, I was put in a mainstream first grade class. Probably was not qualified to be there, but I was put in that environment, and um, it 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 helped me tremendously, um, I believe. And and um, you know, elementary school was extremely difficult. Um, um, you know, people really didn't deal with autism or think about it like they do now. Um, you know, a lot of teasing, a lot of bullying. It was very. You know, I didn't know how to make friends or relate. I didn't make great eye contact. You know, I had speech issues. Um, and you know, I think. But I think the next turning point was really. Um, in junior high school or middle school when, um, you know, I, I really started uh, doing a lot better. Um, I started being able to make friends. Uh, and then, you know, by my junior and senior year of high school, um, 
you know, I was I was that normal American kid doing sports, editor of the school paper, you know, had some really good friends. Um, so I think that was that was an important turning point. Um, but I think um, I think you know, going into business and graduating from college um, gave me a lot of confidence and really injected me into situations uh, where I had to further. Uh, develop and and um, you know adjust and 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 I think that the uh, the most critical turning point um, of all those for me was when when our son um, was diagnosed and 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 dealing with that because it really you know came full circle for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, a question: um, did, did you? I know you probably had every feeling that you could imagine. Um, did it did it hit your head? You know, God, am I being punished, or is there something? Is there some greater thing I need to do? Uh, um, what happened there? Well, growing up, um, you know, my my mother. You know, didn't use the word autism. Um, I mean, you know, if she talked to someone, she might say that that I was diagnosed as autistic, but that wasn't really a word that was used uh, in our house. And and you know, I just growing up, I just thought I was, um, you know, growing up as a normal kid. I I thought that I just wasn't, you know, cool or likable or you know things like that. I just thought, you know, there was something wrong with me. Maybe you know, I I you know, I was a wimp or I was a geek or whatever you know people would call me and. That there was just something wrong with me. Um, I didn't. I didn't. You know, attribute it to to autism or anything like that. Um, so you know, that's you know, you kind of. I kind of thought what what people you know what kids specifically thought of me in certain points, and um, I never really thought about it uh, that way. And I just you know kind of felt that I was I was different, or that you know again I wasn't likable, and that um, you know that it's a, it's a, it's a it's a bad feeling. Um, uh, as many people probably can relate to, whether they're autistic. Autistic or not, but right. um, uh, you know, yeah. So that that's that's how I felt. You know, it wasn't really until my adulthood until I really started, you know, coming to grips with what it was and you know how it impacted me. But you right. know what, I I I have no regrets. Um, I have absolutely no regrets. Um, I, you know, I'm me, and I, you know, I've been able to do what I've been able to do, and it wouldn't have happened uh, if if some of the you know the negative and hard stuff hadn't happened. Are you at that point in your life where um, it's such a part of you that you wouldn't change it now? Absolutely. Uh, as hard as as growing up was, um, I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't change it all. Now I wish I knew what I know today. Um, I wish I knew that back then. And you know, it's been it's been amazing with Facebook and things like that. I've been able to reconnect with folks that I went to school with, grew up with, who I wasn't able to connect with back then because of my own issues. And you know, I've, I've developed friendships with them. So sometimes I look at that and say, Wow, you know, I wish I was able to connect with this person back then. It would have been really cool. But um, you know, no, I, I, I don't regret it. It's part of me. It will always be a part of me, and um, you know, I, I don't question it. It's funny how um, things do come full circle often, oftentimes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, found, I found the same thing happen that uh, people that uh, I didn't get along with in school when I was in high school, and uh, I now get along with great. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Bigger, whatever. Uh, anyway, 
let's talk about your business. You co-founded, uh, you know, because part of the. But by the way, we're talking to John Hall. He's the author of I'm I Am I Still Autistic? How a low-functioning, slightly retarded toddler became CEO of a multi-million-dollar national corporation. Um, so let's talk about the business you co-founded in 1997. Uh, that's Greenwood and Hall. Mm-hmm. You're the CEO. Uh, I I am the CEO. Uh, one of the co-founders, uh, obviously, and and you know I think business really helped me. Um, it really helped with that last transition. Um, it wasn't until several years ago that that I, you know, my eye contact improved throughout my life, but until I really made absolutely consistent eye contact, and people would 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 question me about that um, up until several years ago. Um, and being in business and being in that position, I was forced, you know, kind of jarred, just like I was when I was growing up into situations where I had to socialize with people, where I had to connect with people, where I had to make eye contact and, and, and do all those types of things. But it also gave me the confidence um, to, to feel comfortable um, putting myself in those situations. So going into business and really pursuing that was probably the best thing uh, I could have done uh, in terms of my uh, adult life, and it's really helped me um, really conquer the last uh, aspects of of um, some of the some of my autistic uh, types of defenses or features that um, that were still in existence even when I was a, a young adult. Right. Let's talk about that a little bit, John, because whether you came from autism or you didn't, in your case, you did, and so you had. Double the obstacles that most of us do. Let's just, just say that, okay? Right, right. Um, what do people about how to be successful through all these kind of obstacles? Does that make sense? Uh, it does. It does, and I think it's a it's a it's a great question. I think that um, for me, what really I think has has helped me out of this. Uh, more than anything is is a feature of it, which is um, you know autistic um, autistic kids um, really hyper focus on certain things uh, in in many cases, and you know just like I used to focus on the light switches for three four hours at a time, um, I use that focus um, in my life growing up and and even through today. To, I wanted to. Uh, all my life growing up, I wanted to be uh, liked. I wanted to um, be able to do the things that um, that that quote unquote normal people did. I wanted to be, uh, you know, I wanted to have friends. I wanted to play sports. I wanted to, you know, be successful when I grew up. I wanted to have kids, you know. So um, I just really was hyper focused on that. Was my that was my goal, just like some people may have the goal of becoming a, uh, a famous musician with hyper-focus in many ways with the same hyper-focus that, um, that, I was, that I was doing, you know, of what makes this, uh, what makes this condition what it is um, to, to really overcome this condition, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. You know, the, if you've, a lot of people have read The Secret and they talk about visioning. Well, I truly believe that whatever you focus on can expand and often does, especially if you put a little massive action behind it. So 80% is showing up, and then there's some, at least 20% action. And if you have hyper-focus, I'm ADHD myself, John, and um, the H in there is hyper-focus. And it's been, 
I used to be upset that I had ADHD and I, you know, I had issues with it. On the other hand, I wouldn't take it back now because I learned that the hyperfocus was the key to a lot of the successes that I had out there. So now I'm very happy that I'm ADHD. Yeah, no, and that and that makes sense, and I think that that really goes um, that really goes to um, you know things in general, and that people can really use things that are perceived as a weakness or are a drawback for them, and 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 use those to uh, you know accomplish goals in a positive way, and and that's just what yeah, I, I did. Too many people focus on a few things. One of them is uh, they compete with the world. Mm-hmm. And when you're not, when you're, you know, 90% of, you know, or most of us have one, brilliance in us, things that we can do that we do very, very, very well. But we don't focus on those. We, we focus on the 99% of the things that we do very poorly. And then we hold ourselves up to the scrutiny of all the people in the world that can do it well. Right. And that's really tough. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I tell people a lot of times, maybe you just need to compete with yourself. Make sure that you're ever growing and moving forward. And maybe you need to really kind of focus on the things that you do very well. That's that's excellent advice. And uh, does, would that does that does that help you in some of the obstacles that you've had to deal with? It, it does, and and I you know just until you 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 said that I really hadn't you know looked at it that way, um, but but you know that's exactly what I think I did, and and you know you're absolutely right. And as parents, um, and again another reason I wrote this book was for parents. As parents, um, it's important to 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 show that. Um, you know, one of the things that that uh, that autism or autistic children learn to do in, in terms of helping you know get them through and by is is mimicking, um, you know, and modeling behavior. So the more that you can model certain types of behavior and thinking uh, to your children like that, um, you know, the more successful they can be. Yeah, absolutely. You got to lead by example, right? Right. Or what my parents used to say, don't do what I do, do what I say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, we're talking to uh, John Hall, and uh, John was um, diagnosed as autistic and slightly retarded, uh, and now is the CEO of a multi million dollar company, and he's the author of a book. Uh, title is I, Am I Still Autistic? How Low-Functioning, Slightly Retarded Toddler Became CEO of a Multi-Million Dollar National Corporation. John, the book is excellent. There's a lot of great lessons to be learned. I think that even if you're not an autistic um, parent, that you will get a lot out of this book, just understanding what's going on. Um, maybe even with your own children. I'm not talking about autistically, just the, the, some, of the, some of the struggles and paths. I identified with you all through the book. John, I don't, you know, I'm not autistic, uh, but you know, growing up, I was I was a nerd, and um, I, you know, I just totally identified with a lot of stuff that uh, was happening in your life. So, really enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much. No problem, and I really appreciate you coming on with me today. And uh, how's your son? How old's your son now? Uh, he's five and a half, and five he's and making a, half. a lot of how progress. How is he doing? 
he's making a lot of progress. He doesn't communicate um, the way I was at his age, but you know, academically, he's miles ahead of where I was at, and he is just a sweet little boy. And uh, uh, no matter, um, you know, I, I just love him unconditionally, and I'm just I feel blessed uh, to have him. It's hard um, th- that he's going through this, but um, I, you know, I wouldn't change it. He is who he is, and I love him. Oh, let me ask you this, because I don't want to forget this before we go. You have a daughter also who's not autistic? Uh, we do have a daughter, uh, three years old, going on 30. Um, <laughs> and um, she did have, you know, she was at a much higher um, uh, likelihood of, of, of becoming autistic statistically. She did have some delays. She was initially diagnosed uh, as autistic. She had a lot of early intervention, and um, it, it appears that she's not autistic, but um, whether it's because of the early intervention or not. Um, but, you know, she's doing great, and uh, she's becoming um, my son's big, big sister, even though she is, uh, is younger. She's <laughs> very protective <laughs> over him. And, uh, well, that's um, great. So yeah. I, I, thought, I didn't know if she was older or younger. I wanted to ask you how, that, how having a, a brother who's autistic is, was affecting her. Well, you know, it's interesting because I see, you know, I, I obviously grew up and, and saw, you know, siblings and, you know, I see other, you know, friends' kids and, and you know, we, we don't have a lot of fights in our house. Um, they really wow. um, they really get along because uh, for the, he's not really interested in her, so he doesn't really pay a lot of uh, attention to her, and, and so they get along just fine. Now, of course, they sometimes fight over toys and things like that, like any other kids do, but they're pretty... Uh, um, they're pretty uh, low-key with each other, which is, you know, in some ways kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was terror in our house. You never knew who was going to come flying out. <laughs> out of a corner fighting the other one. Exactly. Anyway, so, anyway, John, really uh, really appreciate, uh, feel blessed to have you on today to share your story, and I'm glad you did. It's a great story. Um, and where can you get the book? Um, you can get it on any of the major book sites, uh, Am- uh, e-books, Amazon, um, uh, i books through uh, iTunes, uh, and uh, and um, uh, what's uh, uh, Barnes and Noble. Um, you can also go to my website, amistillautistic.com. Um, but um, we'd love to we'd love to have you, and um, I really appreciate you uh, uh, sharing my story with with uh, your audience and having me on. It's great to talk to you. Oh, no, it was my pleasure. And let me thank uh, Devin Blaine of the Blaine Group for putting us together. Really always appreciate you, Devin, and all the stuff that you do. Anyway, this is J.W. Najarian with John Hall and wishing all of you a great day and a better tomorrow. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to J.W. On Purpose with J.W. Najarian. You can find J.W. On Purpose at jwonpurpose.com. JW On Purpose is the property and is a trademark of Meta Media Group, and this audio is copyright 2011, and all rights are reserved.